cliffcentral.com. All right, it is Thursday morning, which means we get to check in on all the big stories of the week. We get to talk about the things that are affecting our lives and the stories that everybody else is interested in. And among other things this morning, we will be focusing in on the ANC. I'm also thrilled that we've got the author of a book called uh, The Enemy Within, um, Pumelelo Mkabela, who I introduced earlier. And Pumelelo, it's very nice to see you, and thank you very much for making time to be with us today. Thank you, Karat, for the invitation. It's a great pleasure. Well done on the book, by the way. Uh, it's a really interesting insight into what goes on in the ANC. There's so many things that we know about the ANC, but there are also so many things that we don't know. And before we get into the book or too much else around the book, I also want to welcome uh, Dada Morero, who's uh, the elected ANC representative for the Joburg Regional uh, Office. He's the chairperson of the ANC at the regional conference in June this year he was elected. He is committed to contributing to the ANC's renewal program by sorting out the structures, reconnecting the region's branches, and engaging the community on all the issues. But we're thrilled to have you here. And Dada, thank you very much for making time to be with us today. Um, it's always been a little bit difficult for us to get the, um, the ANC to send us people to talk on the show. I don't know if they're frightened or anything. I promise you we're not going to be horrible to anybody. So I'm glad that you could join us this morning. Dada, can you hear us? Oh, I think we, we've got a... We can't hear yeah, you. Yeah, we can't hear you. So, Maybe you're on mute. Uh, Simpiwe, will you just see if you can sort that out? I don't think he's on mute. It seems like he's connected there. So we'll see if we can uh, just get him back on. And also, a little bit later on, we'll be joined by Canton Pillay, who, of course, has been on the burning platform before. But while we're, while we're getting started here, um, Pumelelo, just to, to let people know about your book, to give them a pricey, um, you really go into like the whole idea of CADA deployment, uh, the CADA project, which is a project that the ANC started uh, back in 2000 to develop ANC members um, and to try and get them to steer clear of corruption, to embrace a new morality. And obviously you look at the situation 22 years later and you go, that was all for nothing, right? That was all for naught. It was a complete waste of time. It seems like we, we just kind of went backwards, if anything. Oh, now it looks like we've lost Pumarello no, okay. as well. We're definitely being sabotaged this morning. I don't know what's going on there. <sighs> okay, well, that's, every, everyone in the comments has been desperate to hear what I think about the hate speech ruling. Oh, yeah. Let's go on that. Let's start off with that. Go for it, Pums. <laughs> I, I had my say and on Tuesday. I do want to say that we did try and get, we did try and get Ernst yes. to come on the show um, to join us today. He was unable to because of why Ghana? Because of like, no, 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 school so, runs. Because of school yeah, runs. Yeah, and and also, I mean, it's, it would have been quite full, as you can see. We've already got two guests. Uh, of course, <laughs> technical problems notwithstanding, and Canton. So I think it was just it was too many things in one. Let's just let's hold off on that because I do want to hear your opinion on it, but maybe we get to that at the end. I don't want to lose. Can we get the guys again? Yes, okay. I don't want to lose time with um, Pumelelo. So absolutely, I gave a little pricey there of this CADA deployment and and the CADA project, um, which you talk about twenty two years ago. Uh, it's amounted to very little, hasn't it, Pumelelo? It has, and uh, uh, by the way, Gareth, at the time when there was a talk of this uh, new CADA. Um, the new kind of member of the ANC who will be morally upright, mm. who would um, 
shunned away from things like corruption, who will be technically skilled. At a time when there was a discussion about that, there was already a realization that something had gone wrong and there was a need for some kind of a rebirth, uh, some kind of a Damascus moment for members to change their ways um, and to adopt a new morality. Um, but we know that since then, nothing has happened. Either, the, as I say, either the cater was never born or was still born or was aborted. Yeah, for me that's that, that's a hell of a thing to say, right? <laughs> it was either stillborn or it was aborted. <laughs> Woo! Um, wh- where do you think it goes wrong? Do you think that there wasn't any desire to actually sort the problem out, or do you think it was just what a lot of politicians do—lip service? You know, well, we're going to sort this out. We're going to make it better. Um, we know. We know. Even now, there there's still people in the ANC who say, "Oh no, there's an ANC worth saving." There are good people in this organization. We just have to put them at the top of the of the food chain. Look, I try to grapple with that issue in this book. Um, and one of the things I try to analyze is the commitments the ANC makes. Um, I mean, if you look back from that day that we're discussing, that was 2000, uh, at that uh, National General Council in Kabeha, uh, when the decision was taken that, you know, we need a new cater, a new new morality. Um, there's a lot of commitments that the ANC makes. If you look at its uh, mm. conferences from 1997, mm. um, where there was a talk of like, you know, we need to deal decisively with, it, with corruption, right up to uh, the Nasrat conference where Cyril Ramaphosa was elected uh, president. So the, this, the ANC is rich with literature on commitments to fight corruption. So I tried to analyze how is it that a party that has made so much commitment to fight with cor- fight corruption has actually turned out to be consumed by the problem. Um, and I try to deal with, for example, the leadership, the element of leadership, how different leaders have dealt with the problem. From Nelson Mandela's time, Tabon Baker's time, Jacob Zuma's time, and now up to Cyril Ramaphosa. And one of the things I found, Gareth, when I was doing the research and trying to analyze this problem, I actually found that Jacob Zuma was the most concerned person about corruption. Hmm. And statistically, if you look at the commitments he was making in the January 8th statement, which is the most important statement of the ANC every year, and also in the State of the Nation addresses um, when he was president of the country, I found that actually he made more commitments to fight corruption and he showed more concern uh, about corruption than any other leader of the ANC. So but then the, the, at the end of the day, he's the kind of a guy who ended up in prison for failing to testify about what he did when he was president of the country on state capture. Even now, as we speak, I mean, just this week, a ruling came out that he actually has to pay back some six million rand um, for the Nkandla overspend. Mm. Um, and the Nkandla story is one of the stories I analyze in this book about it being direct theft and it being an instruction uh, to ANC members and to a, to people in government, that they can actually disregard the public funds. They can just use them. So well, that's one of the things I try to deal with, to say there's one side of the commitment, which is rhetoric, which is found in the literature, in the declarations, in the resolutions of conferences. Then there's the other side of how actually the leaders act and behave in leadership positions. So I say that people in government, ordinary civil servants and ANC members, 
they take instruction from what the leaders are doing, not what the leaders are saying. So, and that's one of the reasons why corruption became endemic. There is a lot to unpack I'm, here. Um, before we, we, we carry on, Pums, I'm sorry. I just, I want to bring uh, Dada Morero back in. Uh, Dada, it's very great pleasure to have you on the show this morning and thank you for, for joining us. Uh, you know, we've, we've invited many people from the ANC over this time and, and I'm thrilled that you could actually come and be a part of the show because so often, we wish there was someone who could speak on behalf of the ANC, um, and so often they're not willing to to join for whatever reasons, or maybe they're unable. Uh, also, Canton Pele is here, so just so that we've got everybody on board, uh, I can bring anybody into the conversation at any time. Uh, let's start with you, Dada, because I, you've heard what um, Pumalelo said now about the ANC and corruption and cadre deployment and whether or not they've been successful in any respect here. Tell us what, what your feelings are and, and how, it, how it works inside when you're running something like the Johannesburg region for the ANC. Well, uh, thanks, thanks for the opportunity. Sure. Uh, the issues raised by Mr. Mukabela are indeed true. Uh, the ANC has attempted in a number of conferences to confront this issue called corruption, uh, in particular within the state. And part of the conference or attempts that the ANC would have tried to do was, for example, create institutions in Nali corruption, and I think we should also appreciate that the ANC is one of the biggest organizations and has a responsibility to run the public press. And as a result, individuals within the ANC where the leaders, members who then get exposed to the public press, the decisions and the resolutions of the ANC. And those that have done wrong have always tried to find a way uh, uh, of them not being caught by the ANC or be dealt by the ANC internally. Hmm. And, and that would be a result of the structures of the ANC themselves, where people would then fight to be in the upper structures of the ANC so that whenever they are found to have done wrong. They are part of that instructions to make it in order to get rid of a person or not. Mm-hmm. They then use panic and mobilize member to defend themselves. So that is true. On the second level, we have institute of play institutions to try and help us deal with this mess. Once the integrity commission thought have the Appeal to help us deal with those of our. Dada, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to interrupt you. It's, it's your your line is breaking up very badly, so we, we can't really. Um, I'm hearing. Dada, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hearing every second word at the moment, so we're going to just see if we can't get you back on a clearer line. But I mean, what he was saying there made a lot of sense. And I think there's a lot of honesty in that. You know, a lot of people get to top positions so that they can defend themselves against against corruption allegations. That's the whole reason to climb to the top of the tree in the ANC. It's an interesting point and, and something which he's not disputing. Pumalelo, what would you say to that? 
Yes, actually, <clears throat> that's one of the <laughs> the most interesting thing. Actually, Gareth, if you uh, if you listen to uh, uh, Mr. Moreiro, is that there is there are very few people in the ANC who will tell you that they're not interested in fighting corruption. Basically, everyone will tell you that we're committed to fighting corruption. And in the region where uh, Moreiro is, where he's chairman, mm. uh, there's a very interesting case which I tried to analyze in the book of uh, Jeff Makubo, the late uh, Jeff Makubo. May his soul uh, rest in peace. Um, uh, Jeff Makubo, uh, as you remember, appeared in the uh, Zondo Commission and he was accused of being Mr. 10%. And I tried to analyze what this Mr. 10% means uh, because basically he was a consultant, um, some kind of a stakeholder relations consultant, consulting with the companies that have got uh, contracts with the city of Johannesburg, while he was MEC for finance in the city of Johannesburg. <laughs> and at the same time, he was treasurer of the ANC in the region where Moreiro is uh, chairman at the moment. And um, so he was basically fundraising for himself and for the ANC through the, the people that had contracts with the city of Johannesburg. So I speak about how he, how he put the ANC in a position where it had comparative advantage over fundraising over any other party because this is a person who's in charge of the finances of the city. He oversees how what the city does with its money. And then he's in the position where he could actually sign off contracts and he uses that to basically fundraise for himself 10% mm -hmm. for his company, which he owned with his mother. And then he also fundraised a lot of money for the ANC in the 2014, uh, 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 during the 2014 elections. So, but if you go and look at the speeches of Makubu, you'll find a lot of anti-corruption statements. Mm. So, which, the, which is the issue I raised in the book. What, if, if what Makubu was doing was not corruption in, in, in his own book and in the book of the A's, actually, what is corruption? So, when people say, like Mr. Moreno says, no, they are committed to fighting corruption, they want to implement the resolutions, integrity commission and all of that, it's all well and good. But why is it that they're not implementing it? I think that's the issue that we need to discuss. And if we have to take every word uh, from Moreira as the truth, now that he's in a position of uh, leadership as a chairperson of the region, he needs to say, for example, during what Makubo did was wrong, he needs to first admit that and then say, how he, is he going to implement the resolution of his region, of the province and of the national on corruption, wherever he is as chairperson of the region. And he must not say it by word of mouth, because one of the things that I try to analyze in the book is that the divergence between words and action. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond to that, uh, Dada, and then we, we're going to ask Canton and, and Pumi a couple of questions. Well, they've got a few questions for you and from Pumelelo, but do you want to respond to what Pumelelo just said? You, 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 you're on. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, uh, I hope my line is much better. Now. Much better. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, much better. Thank you so much. Uh, it is true what Kabel uh, um, is raising. Uh, in fact, we are affected first in Johannesburg. I think uh, when the matter first surfaced, we had a discussion in the regional executive committee. At that point, I was the regional secretary. And uh, we then agreed that the matter is out of our hands as a region. 
because it affects uh, 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 the chairperson of our region. Therefore, the matter should be given over to the provincial executive committee, which the provincial com- executive committee then took a decision to refer the matter to the integrated committee of Johannesburg. I mean, of the province. And uh, for some reason, I mean, he presented his case and he was not found guilty by the integrity committee based on the facts that uh, he would have submitted to the integrity committee. And at that stage, then the ANC in the region accepted the report and the report was indeed closed. Uh, Once the commission of uh, state capture came into being, uh, the matter was then resurfaced and uh, the former person from the Jeff to go and present to the commission. And of course, the commission had found him to have been in the wrong. Now, before the ANC could entertain the decisions of the commission, unfortunately, uh, uh, death struck us and Comrade Death passed on before the matters of the commission could also be entertained was when he went to the first appearance, we then agreed at the level of the PEC, uh, based on his report that he'll be appearing for the second time, the matter will then be addressed after his second appearance. Mm-hmm. So the decisions on whether what would have happened to Kondajev would could have been taken immediately after his testimony uh, uh, at the Zondo Commission. Now, the ANC's inability, as I said, to act at times, it's affected by the fact that uh, those that are found to have done wrong then occupy senior and strategic positions within the organization. And some has the ability, of course, to lobby and uh, uh, compromise other men- members within the leadership collective. Uh, uh, so that when they've done wrong, they've got praising us and those that think for the supper will do everything to fight and defend them. And I'm talking about members within leadership structures, branch structures, and at times it becomes so difficult for the ANC to act. However, the ANC needs to take a view that if we were to create a new cater as we adopted at our conferences, the ANC needs to be a centralized organization so that the center should be able to act without any fear or faith. But the weakness, therefore, again, is that even at the center, you then find individuals who are compromised. And this is because over a period of time, the ANC had attracted people, in fact, who are not genuine and honest cadres of the ANC, but people who have seen an opportunity that the leadership structures of the ANC presents an opportunity for them to have access to state resources. And as a result of that, they then do wrong. Now, we have to rethink how we structure our organization. We have to rethink who do we put in leadership. And we should not be afraid, as the ANC, to say, Comrade Dada, you have done wrong. Leave the organization and the difficulty it's making that decision and being decisive on those mm-hmm. that have committed wrong and undermined uh, the struggle to, 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 to advance the quality of life of our people. Pumi? So I think we need to find a better way. And, and, and so 
scientists should also be able to help us uh, to deal with these issues. Uh, and I hope that at some point we'll be able to bring a decisive leadership in Johannesburg, as you have said. We have taken the, the, the as the chairperson now, I've taken a view that uh, where I am responsible, uh, my responsibility, therefore, is to ensure that there's no rhetoric. Uh, mm. I act on these matters uh, if we are confronted by those matters without any fear or favor. And as the chairperson of the region, I'm so willing to enter that space and deal with those that have done wrong in my region. Bumi? You know, that the, it's, it's, it's all well and good to want to have a conversation that says the ANC at the center, at provincial, at this. The reality is the ANC, like all organizations, is in, in law, the way that they describe it, like it's like a, a person in a coma with no hands and no feet. And the decisions are actually made by the people, right? So when you, when you try and say the ANC, like it's some entity on its own that can make these decisions, you, it, it's shifting the blame. It's moving it away from the fact that it is individuals within the branches, within the party, within all of these structures that A, vote people into positions, support those people, pay them for their votes, and, and, and. But, you know, and I think one of the things, and I loved your book, um, Bumelelo, and and I wish we could have had a view, and this is unfortunately what happens when you have organizations that are underground, as the ANC was for so long, in the time that it was banned, is now there is a conversation that can only really start around 94, because that is when we had a view of what exactly was happening, who was where, and all these speeches and all of that. Every other thing is underground and it's hearsay and, and, and. And my view, unfortunately, is that because we don't know who this party is, when we talk about a new CADA, for instance, it's kind of thinking like there's something, why are we not talking about how this party, even in the underground, before it became government, was funded? and the illicit business that went into funding this party. Years ago, when I read Maya Angelou, one of Maya Angelou's books, um, and I, I, I think it's The Heart of a Woman, she talks about a relationship that she had in Ghana with somebody who was an ANC freedom fighter. Obviously, he's unnamed. But the conversation that she has and the description that she gives of this particular comrade is absolutely... And this was in 19... 62 or something like that, is not different to all the comrades that we see now in Parliament. So is it really that this this ANC, the comrades of the ANC, are new and amoral, as we are being told that they are, or has this always been the party and this is always the people that it has been able to attract? And these are the people that are able to ascend in the party. Now they just have access to public funds to do all of this work. We have big conversations about the billion that was spent by Cyril Ramaphosa buying votes or buying his buying his seat as the president of the party. But nobody has the conversation about the people who took the money, the people who he bought and where those people are 
and what those people are doing and who else can buy those people to make what decisions. We don't have that conversation. This is the party that we have. This is who this party has always been. My assertion is this is who this party has always been. So you're saying it's in the DNA, Pumi? It's in the DNA of this party. Do you agree? We uh, just don't have sight of what it was before. I don't think, think uh, Gareth, uh, 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 when Pumi is raising uh, arguments on the story of relationship. Angelayo, Angelayo, not relationship people, people, not relationships. No, no, I'm talking no, about no. a person. Now, let's say back because we would like to know that I was in the underground myself, very young at that time, and our responsibility, of course, was to query information and to query ammunition. That was our responsibility at that time in our unit. And we served with distinction, with commitment and honesty. And of course, we would have been given money for transport, for food, and all other logistics that were required for us to do. Now, if you suggest that it is within our body politic that we are corrupt to the teeth, you'd be incorrect. Because the few individuals that have participated in corruption has, of course, destroyed the image of the ANC. But we shouldn't make a mistake and think that those officials in government are members of the ANC. In fact, they are not members of the ANC in their majority. And these are the people that have enabled corruption between officials and politicians to have happened. Dad, I can I ask this question? Can I ask this question? Can I ask this question? politicians will be involved in Dada, Yes, you can. So if Cyril Ramaphosa spent, the number is a billion, to Well, I want to come to that point. point that yeah, get to it quickly. It's in the morning. Of the ANC in the morning. was not to regulate... No, no, the ANC has not accepted and acknowledged that throughout the world, lobbying and campaigning for leadership positions should, of course, be funded. And the ANC is trying to ignore the reality that, in fact, it has to accept that there will be funding, therefore regulate as to how this funding should happen when people contest for position happens in all political parties, by the way. But, but and it's a new thing, question, of course, in the ANC uh, since 2007. I hear your point. But, sorry, but well, you're not there are people it. who are delegates, and the people who receive the money are and the delegates to conference. No, no, no. No one is, no one is denying the fact that okay. people were bought. Okay, then that's, that's that fact. fantastic. The and, problem, and as I say, Pum, is that the ANC does not want to accept the people that it's in the common cause or in running political campaigns. Funding does happen. But okay, in, that's fine. No, the ANC you, doesn't want to accept that reality. And it's you time that the question. ANC must regulate must regulate that space because it's only 
through regulation that they will be able to manage the flow of money in campaigns for leadership. It happens. You, you have answered my question. Let's move on to the next thing. Whether branch level, regional level, people do use money. All right. Uh, You've answered my question, and and we are clear that people people within the party are willing to accept money in order to make a decision that favors the person with the money. You've answered that question. The fact that you are unable to regulate it, in fact, those that those that have money within our ranks stands to lead the ANC. Right. And those genuine and honest cadres who do not have money do not stand a chance to lead this organization. It's true. Okay. And hence right. we are as, 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 just how best can we create a new cadre within our ranks? All right. So, so Dada, th- thank you. Okay. Thank you for answering sorry, sorry, that. Darren. No, no. Thank you for answering that. I'm, 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 again, I'm thrilled that we actually have someone from the ANC here. And again, I want to just be uh, very clear about the fact that we appreciate that, that you are here accounting for the ANC because so often we have to talk about you guys and, and nobody's here to talk about it from within. I want to bring Canton in here because he's also got a couple of uh, interesting points of view about where the ANC is headed and what might be happening and also about you know who pays the piper because, as you say, the people who have the money are the ones who may as well make the decisions around who's going to leave. Yeah. Canton, you've got some interesting uh, things to say about this. Yeah, I, I, I think the interesting thing that I've been hearing from Dada over the past while is, in fact, something that has come out from ANC leadership ever since we became a free country. So the words that get spoken in terms of the commitment to corruption, I've, I, and I truly believe that the people who utter those words believe in those words. The question then becomes, how do we actually translate that into actually eliminating corruption? I think we need a multi-tiered approach to this. And the way in which we start off is to recognize that the essence of corruption is people taking money that's meant to be spent in the public good and diverting a significant chunk of that money to their own personal enrichment. So how do we obviate that scenario as a starting point? So let's separate that scenario from where we are talking about votes being bought in the ANC conferences. Frankly, from my side, um, I don't care about how votes get bought in the ANC conference because that is an internal matter for them. I am concerned about how public funds actually end up getting spent. And to my mind, the best solution that we can have is to have absolute transparency in terms of how every single bit of money gets spent. So that means that city budgets need to be completely open to scrutiny by all members of the public. Every single line item needs to be open to scrutiny. And our ability to question that as members of the public must be completely unfettered. So we need to know every single salary person exactly how much they are earning, um, that gives us the ability to assess whether payments for particular positions are, in fact, in keeping with what gets paid in the public sector, or whether it's disproportionately high, which would indicate that people are actually being rewarded for some other reason. Once we have that complete transparency, Dada, the way in which that actually helps your cause is right now, as you correctly pointed out, whenever things get raised within the uh, the ANC structures, 
And you have praise singers who then end up lobbying for particular individuals so that they're actually able to avoid scrutiny from within ANC structures and able to avoid action within ANC structures. But if every bit of expenditure, public expenditure, is open to scrutiny, it becomes very difficult for those praise singers to then come out and support because it is a matter of all of the expenditure being open to the public. That has to be the starting point in terms of how we go about tackling this. We need to become the first country in the world where every single bit of public expenditure is open to scrutiny. Thereafter, the question of what happens within the ANC ranks in terms of who gets paid off and so forth, that's the reason why we have the revenue services. And the revenue services need to be uh, checking out on that. Of course, the difficulty comes when the payments get made in brown envelopes. And we know that frequently this is the case. Well, but lifestyle, well, once lifestyle again, audits. Lifestyle audits. Yeah. Lifestyle audits. Absolutely right, Gareth. So we have, the, <laughs> we have the solutions, guys. And It'll be interesting to <clears throat> see, speaking of lifestyle audits, it'll be interesting to see how that premier and his, because they're doing uh, polygraphs along with their lifestyle audits, apparently, mm. in the next couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see how that plans out. Now, having, you know, having uh, you know, made that point, you know, if, if one takes a view in terms of lifestyle audits, uh, uh, you know, as you all know, I voted for the ANC up until Tabo Mbeki was ousted. And I've, I've been to uh, uh, President Mbeki's uh, place a couple of times. And certainly if one conducts a lifestyle audit of the way in which he lives, it's very clear that there are no fire pools that are being built. There, there are no, uh, there's no extraordinary expenditure. The man lives within his means, clearly. And you can see that there's nothing there that's out of line with his salary as uh, a retired president of the country. Why are we not actually able to do the same for all of the other ANC cadres? Well, and I, I think well, that, Dada, well, at the point at which you do this, then the public will begin to have a sense of trust. Well, some went into office being billionaires. Let's not forget about that. Uh, and, and maybe this is a great place to bring Mpumalelo in because, I mean, you covered this in your book too. You know, the role of money in the ANC, and, and we, we know, and, and Dada's been quite honest about this, that there are lots of people who are on the take. They see this as their means to make uh, a quick buck. And, and you cover some of this in your book, too. You, you talk about how, you know, so often people come in with the best of intentions or the worst of intentions, and then the money changes them. Yeah, true. I mean, there's a case uh, I refer to um, uh, another author who actually talked about how in the ANC, the regional secretaries um, would walk around with the file, with the, a file of uh, two files, basically. They would walk around with a file containing um, positions that are available in municipalities in the area where they operate. And then there'll be another file which has got a list of tenders in that area. <laughs> and then I added that actually there's another list that now people carry, a hit list. Now people are dying, they are killing each other because of uh, procurement. All of this, uh, uh, Moreno was talking about like you know, people fight leadership positions to access state resources and they support each other, they rent a crowd and all of that. But at the center of it is that they, which is partly what Kenton is talking about, but he doesn't address the real issue. There is the, the incentive system in the ANC and now it has become a country problem. <laughs> the, 
the 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 incentive to be corrupt um, is is much higher than the risk of being uh, caught. So, in other words, the system is so is such that it's lucrative to be corrupt, and the 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 the, the, the idea that you can be caught doesn't wash. And as Morero says, people fight for this leadership position so that they can then control. Uh, what happens in the party. They use their leadership positions to protect themselves. I can actually go beyond that, which is what I try to analyze in the book. Part of the incentive to be corrupt is that if you can fight and get into a strong leadership position in the ANC, chances are that you might be like Mbeki, like Zuma, like Cyril Ramaphosa, be in a position to control who becomes head of the NPA. Once you can control who becomes head of the NPA, then you can literally manipulate the situation. Zuma was able to suspend uh, the head of the NPA when he, when, he, when he thought that there was a risk to himself. Um, Tabombegi managed to tamper with the way Jackie Silivi was investigated um, because he could control what could happen in the NPA. So the NPA, in terms of the constitution, is nominally independent. But in practice, because of the appointment system of the head of the NPA, it's easy for anyone who is in charge of the party that is in government to basically manipulate the systems of the NPA to their favor. So the incentive to fight for leadership position goes beyond just merely getting a tender there, getting a job there. The stakes are high for the control of the state as a whole. So that's why when state capture happens, you basically have to hollow out the NPA. You basically have to sure. hollow out... Clinton uh, talks about SARS. We know what happened to SARS because it was identified as a problem. Mm. And how, why was that? Why mm. was it possible to, to capture SARS? It's because the president appoints the head of SARS. Mm-hmm. So if you can fight in the ANC to become president, you can control SARS via the appointment system. You can control the NPA via the appointment system. You can, you basically can do a lot of stuff. So and there's and a lot get of away with it. Well, but... There's a lot of incentive to, to fight to get to these positions. So Perhaps part of the problem is to remove that incentive. How do you do it? Then? Moreno and them must say, okay, what is their plan to remove the incentive to be corrupt? Sure. Pumi, you wanted to say something? Yeah. Well, well, part of the reason why we do have so much power resting in the president is also because of the way that our constitution has been constructed, you know, with, with the Nelson Mandela as the president in mind, you know, with, with the an individual whose moral compass, as it were, which is what part of the reason why, even as we are having all this conversation around direct elections and who can be the president of the country or who can be the head of a city or a, a municipality has become such a contentious issue, partly because there is so much power that is vested in the presidency and who the president can appoint to what positions, and how all of those uh, various institutions then become accountable to the executive. It then also, you know, calls to mind the the idea of how our parliament works, because that is also part of the job of portfolio committees, and who they hold accountable how. You know, again, on Monday, we've got yet another another extra parliamentary, uh, what is it called? 
calling this one Cyril Ramaphosa now has twenty six yes. Yes, he's, he's advisory got... councils. Yeah, right. He's got. He's essentially Cyril Ramaphosa has got a parallel government that is advising him or his cabinet. Or we don't know. <laughs> Actually, we don't even know. If yeah, there were there were nine. What is the advice there were nine that people, is coming out of all of those? Nine people appointed uh, under I think Feroz Kachalia as the chairperson this week in a in a corruption commission who are going to advise the president on how to tackle corruption. So more talk. I mean, this is very frustrating. We're up to 26 now. Right, now 26 right. advisory commissions you, that this president has had since... Dada, do you... I think it's important ahead. also to acknowledge that uh, work has also been done or work has been happening to try and deal with those that have done wrong. So it does not suggest that nothing has been happening. And I think we need to acknowledge that uh, work has been done. Now, it is important. I need to emphasize this point to Mpumi because uh, he also needs to accept that this corruption is also driven by black professionals and white professionals in the civil service. The people that have gone to school, the people that have been trained properly, people who are not even members of any political party in the main, who have been driving the decisions because the ANC, for example, in Johannesburg, we don't allow any of our councillors to sit in tender decisions. And that decision, we took it long ago that no councillor will sit there. But who sits in those decisions? It's It's administrators. It's professionals. That have yeah, gone this is to what gained employment been has been about. Now we and need to address that question itself. About. It is about getting people because the public who have service itself is a rotten to the core. No, no, no. That's where you make a mistake. You need to analyze what cadet deployment means. No, no, no. no. For me, and here I'll tell you now. What the city manager, the city on, manager right. in Johannesburg, it's catered to. We can't. We can't explain what catered deployment is. Catered deployment. We only have a responsibility where I am responsible. Our responsibility yeah. is to appoint the city manager. The rest mm. of the administrators is not our responsibility. Mm. And we can't appoint and a city okay. manager in the name of Trevor Fowler to help us navigate building the city. Now, the rest of the professionals who are in the system, whether at Sasa, whether in the city of Johannesburg, are not leaders or members of the NC. They are professionals that we, as African people in particular, had hope and trust that they will help us build a country. We ourselves, it has nothing to do with data deployment. I mean, who do we deploy and how many people do we deploy in the system? Honestly. You tell us. You so tell that, us. I'm telling you, the regional executive committee de- only has a responsibility that in as far as the deployment of a city manager, in as far as all these other direct reports and anyone else under him, it's not our responsibility. The same way that the traffic officers who take money on the streets are not deployed by the ANC. The administrators who have been employed by the state. The reason I'm saying we need to understand that corruption exists, but somebody's enabling corruption to happen. So let's go there at the source. Yep. 
does it thanks okay Pumelelo. so does it does it feel better sorry Pumelelo, before you go so if it feels better for you to be able to say it is not our responsibility even though what we see we being the public the civil the, the people out here what we see is we see a Brian Mulefe with clear and strong ties to the ANC ascending to a position and when in that position he makes decisions that benefit not just known ANC members or ministers or the party as a whole actually so if it makes you feel better to say that it is not our responsibility, which is what we have all been saying, is that the ANC is unable to take responsibility for the fact that it has broken the system by having people that are linked to the ANC, linked to ministers, being in charge of the public purse and diverting those funds. And no one is saying that public that the public purse, that's what politicians do. They move funds, they allocate funds, but they allocate funds not for their benefit. They must allocate funds for the benefit of society. What we are seeing is we are seeing ANC comrades, ministers, all of those individuals, and even businessmen with strong links to the ANC, diverting funds from the public purse into their own pockets. So if it feels better for you to say, that you are not responsible, it is okay. What we see and what we hear no, and what I we think experience never is said different. You just said I that. I think I said to It's okay. It's Mpumelelo's chance. It's Mpumelelo's chance to say the something. Attention, the it the is attempt here was to, to explain to you your misunderstanding of what cater deployment is. It is not a misunderstanding. Pumelelo, it and is when we a... started the debate, one of the important things Mpumelelo and um, Kabela raised was the fact that I am responsible in Johannesburg. He wanted to understand that now that you are responsible as the chairperson of the region of Johannesburg, what are you going to do? And it is important that I, I don't know where I am responsible this is what I'll attempt to do to try and contribute towards resolving the problem. And it will be incorrect to suggest that administrators are all deployed by the ANC. It's not true. Yes, there was a Brian Molefe at the level of Transnet CEOs. Those are deployed by the leadership of the ANC at the national level. Yes, we agree. But not everybody has been deployed by the ANC. Unless you are saying everything that is wrong in the country is the ANC. And we can't even try to say everything else that is wrong is done by the ANC and try to also overshadow everything else that is right. That I think also we need to talk about what is right and what has been done right and what has benefited society in the long run. We must also talk about that because um, we tend to speak only more about wrong. No, no, Sorry, sure. No, Dada, to, no, no, that's fine. To, to, I, I do want to, because to we've got... that point up Sure, we've got limited time. I want um, Pumalelo and, and Canthan to just have yes, uh, yes. some final thoughts here, and, and, and then we can, we can wrap this up. So, Pumalelo, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, well, I think in terms of, in theory, uh, Dada is correct, in theory. And uh, that's what the rule book says, that the ANC doesn't get involved um, or politicians don't get involved in tenders uh, and stuff like that. That's in theory. 
but in practice, it's totally it's a different story. Um, and it's the same as when you look at the ANC resolutions and declarations. In, in, in theory and rhetoric, and it's, it's, it's there. But in practice, it's a different story. So if you look at, I mean, we spoke about uh, what happened with uh, 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 Makuba, for example. Uh, the former M- 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 MMC and the former mayor. He was able, for example, to influence um, the, ten- the tender system, not because he sat in the procurement committee himself, but he found a way to influence the system. So you don't necessarily have to sit in the procurement uh, committee to influence it. In the end, so you are does. the one who's going to sign off the budget. You are the one who's going to take a budget and present it to the council of the municipality for approval. So you are the one who know in advance what the budget is going to say, what are the priorities. You are the one as an MMC responsible for a particular portfolio who's going to appoint an HOD of that portfolio. So through that processes, the approval processes, the appointment processes, the ANC is able to influence things. And it must take responsibility where wrong has happened. And then it must also agree that it cannot say that, yeah, because the bureaucrats, that's there, not all of them are appointed by us. Therefore, if something goes wrong, it's not just about the ANC only. No, wherever the ANC is the governing party, by the way, even if it's a whatever political party, wherever it is the governing party, it must take responsibility because, number one, it sets the moral tone for that uh, sphere of influence where it is governing. There's a moral tone it must set by way of example, by way of what it does, by the way of what it says, number one. Number two, it sets the rules of governing um, uh, within the framework of the constitution. So all of these things ultimately influence what the bureaucrats do, what the bureaucrats don't do. And if you do things properly, not just in theory, like in practice, you will then make it difficult for the bureaucrats, whether they are appointed by the ANC or they are appointed by some other political party or they are just professionals, as you say. You'll make it difficult for them to be corrupt because you they will have nothing on you. But the moment they have something on the political head of a department or of a municipality, then you can't touch them. So the system becomes a question of one of the things I discussed in the book, uh, political insurance. So I have stuff on you, you have stuff on me, so we can reveal stuff about right. each other. So Just the system works as a mutual deterrent. Butterbillers, smaller nyana skeletons. Huh? Yes. So the moral tone, uh, that uh, you can't run away from that, you need to set the moral tone and then to make it difficult for your subordinates and for the bureaucrats to, to, to work around the rules or to game the system. So, but again, we spoke earlier. For that to happen, you need to remove the incentive for people to be corrupt. On that note, and, and I'm going to give you the last word, Dada, because I do think it's, you know, we don't want to pile on just because you're the first ANC representative to come on the show in a while. So I don't want you to feel like you're being cornered here. Uh, but, but Canthan, before we, before we wrap up, um, and, and a lot of people in the comments are taking sides on this already. There are people saying, just listen to what Dada's saying. There are people saying Pumi's interrupting. There are people saying Pumi's right. It's all, it's all over the place. Um, what, what do you think the ANC should do? Let's imagine for a second that it is possible to go against everything that we've said 
for a long time now that the ANC is not finished, that there is a way for them to resuscitate themselves, to regenerate that kind of moral tone that Pumelelo is talking about there. Is there a way that you think that's possible? And is there any advice that you would give the ANC if you were employed to consult to them? I think that within the ANC ranks right now, Gareth, there's a significant movement to actually pull the organization together. And I hinted at this in a piece that I wrote fairly recently, which was uh, on Tabo Mbeki's birthday, where I uh, suggested that there was possibly going to be a internal revolution against Cyril Ramaphosa to oust him, because frankly, he is the most useless president we've ever had. And uh, and I strongly believe that uh, people who were very firmly in Thabo Mbeki's camp are working towards ousting um, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa from his current position. And when Julius Malema says things like this, Julius very rarely lies about such things. You know, he's generally very, very accurate. And frankly, I think that what needs to happen is that the ANC needs to split. And you need to have two ANCs. And effectively, the the pair of them will end up running the country because they will command the majority. But all of their decision-making will have to be argued within parliament. And I think that that is going to be the solution. The ANC cannot heal itself in its current form. We need COPE 2.0 to happen. And that's the point at which we'll get the country back. Let's leave it there. Jonas is hearing you. Yeah, well, let's hope that the that that Cope two point Let's hope Cope two point isn't a fight like we saw Musiwa um, Lekota in over the, the course of yesterday, because otherwise that's going to be even more embarrassing. All right, Dada, you get the last word, and um, and and you're welcome to respond to Pumelelo or Pumi or Canton or all three. Well, if you like. thanks for the discussion. I think such dialogues would uh, probably help us as leaders of the ANC individually, so to help us to to do the right thing and, and build our country and build our movement. And I think Mukabela has really helped us in some of the issues that he raised, not only in the book, but a number of uh, interviews that he has done. And uh, where we are as Johannesburg, I think we could learn a lot from him to help us move forward. There are challenges in the ANC, there are challenges in the country, and I think we should continue to try and resolve some of the problems that are there. But we must also look into what good has happened in the country and what the country is doing and what different municipalities are doing and where are we going, especially where I think some of us have the responsibility it might help uh, 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 me that uh, you also engage with what we're doing in Johannesburg uh, and what we are doing in the city of Johannesburg. So, Dada, I can't let you go without perhaps so, having a, a response from you on what Canton said there and what has been talked about a little bit, this idea that there is an internal revolution going on in the ANC. And I know you won't confirm or deny, but perhaps you Well, could... well I, just, I just heard it from him now, so I oh. don't want to comment. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> remember, right. I am, I'm, I'm the original chairperson, so I'm, 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 I'm regulated by processes of the organization until that there's a declaration of the roadmap to the national conference. That's only at that point that one can speak freely even of my own preferences 
of leadership uh, mm-hmm. at conference. So I don't know about the internal revolt, uh, <laughs> but uh, of course, at that right time, we will declare our preferences or who should take us forward. Mm-hmm. Remember, Gareth, we should not run away from the fact that there are challenges in an organization. I think an organization which is not faced with challenges as big as we are, uh, then we'll have serious problems with that organization. It's the same thing of people who are just getting uh, uh, unqualified audits here and here and here and nothing actually happens in the Dada, your sound has kind of uh, deteriorated a little bit now, so I'm going to let you go on this. We are, we are also at 8 o'clock. Okay. Uh, thank you, ver- thank you very much. I hope, yeah, I hope it's not the last time we have you on. And, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely want to come back. All right, good. Uh, especially with Mpumi being here, I'll be glad. <laughs> thank you very okay. much. Thank you, Dada Dada Morero from the ANC in Johannesburg. He is the um, the regional chairperson of the Johannesburg ANC. Um, Pumelelo, we we didn't get to go into too much of the detail of your book, which I'm sorry about because there's so much more we could have unpacked from there. But we will get you back. If uh, you have some time for us one morning, we'd love to have you back. And Canton, uh, you've really thrown a cat among the pigeons now with your new theory about an internal revolt. I can guarantee you Dada's going to run back to the, uh, the, the ANC now and say, hey, guys, what the hell? What's, what's this? What's going on? Go DC, Jonas. Watch this face. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you also know something. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows it. It's an open secret. <laughs> let, let, me just, let me just say... The name of the person that's going to be brought forward, Pumzile Mlambo Nguka. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. There's something to think about. All right. So, guys, we will reconvene. Is that why she started a Twitter account? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, well spotted. Well spotted. So, we will, um, we will reconvene on this matter because maybe there's some predictions that have been uh, thrown into the offing here. Pumelelo, thank you so much. Uh, Canton, always good to have you on. I, I know that you often do the school run, so you're not always able to join us, but people go crazy when you do. So, hopefully, we see you again soon. And we'll see where we'll test your predictions. Um, so, thank you to all the guests this morning. And if you want to read um, Pumelelo's book, it is called The Enemy Within. And uh, I would recommend that to anyone who wants to try and understand so much of what goes on in the ANC. There we go. Pumi's got it right up front and center in the screen there. So how the ANC lost the the battle against corruption. Yeah, the wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, All right. So thank you very much. And again, I've just got to say, great to have someone from the ANC on because, Pumi, we've tried, huh? We have tried. So to Dada's credit... Despite the fact that he there are, come back. We yeah, must talk about sure. We we have to talk about what coalition. Yeah, well, we've got it, especially in Joburg. But um, I I do want to say, and not to state the point too much because I don't want to bore people, but we always invite everybody, and sometimes we get replies, and sometimes we get favorable responses. But so far, um, Dada's been one of the first ANC people to come on the show for a long time, and I hope that other ANC members will feel that they are able to come and join us and put their case forward because we need to know these are the people who control much of the country and, and so many municipalities in the country. And we need to speak to these people. Uh, We don't want them to be uh, avoiding us. We want to deal with these things head on. So uh, a big, uh, he must come back. Yeah. Big pleasure to have him on. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. Have an excellent day. Canton Pumi. Thank you so much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cliffcentral.com